0: What's going on everyone, it's Alex Ramos here, and if you're new to the channel, um, built three companies that did $110 million in sales and continue to do so, now we uh, invest in other companies as well. Um, and one of the topics I wanna to talk to you about today is the money ladder. Uh, and so this was actually came up during a conversation I was having with Layla, my wife, um, and she was like, you should make a podcast about this. She's like, because you know, a lot of people don't know how this works. Welcome to the game, where we talk about how to get more customers, how to make more per customer, and how to keep them longer, and the many failures and lessons we have learned along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. So right now, I'm writing a handful of books around, A, one of them is kind of wealth beliefs that that changed my life, um, and then I've got a bunch of books on acquisition stuff that's coming out. So, what's the money ladder? That's what I'm calling it. But basically, it's the order in which people get paid, and a lot of times, like one of the biggest beliefs in my life that changed as I got wealthier, and that changed before I got wealthy, that caused me to become more wealthy, um, was how I viewed the flow of money. All right. So what I mean by that is, if you look at who gets paid when, right? when money flows, you can see typically where where and who is making, who has the most control and who's making the money, all right? So think about it from a, a concept of work and payment, all right? So uh, at the bottom here, you have an employee in general, all right, and there's nothing wrong with this, right? Every, like I was an employee too, so like it's not that there's anything wrong, it's more so that like this, you just have to understand how it works from a hierarchy standpoint. What happens with an employee is that they work first right they work first and then they get paid two weeks later so they front their labor they front their time and then they get paid two weeks later right or four weeks later depending on what the job is right so that is if you look at the money flow they have cost of time cost of effort that goes out and then delay and then they get paid right now if you've got somebody who's self-employed this is kind of like a lot of contractors vendors gig economy etc Um, these people typically there's there's kind of two scenarios here one is and and you can see because these people are a little bit more flexible you'll see them kind of move on this money ladder so on one on the total I would say worst side of the equation the lowest side of the equation they they basically model the same thing that an employee would um, that a normal employee would set up which is they front the work and they get paid later right um later you know if they get better and better and they become truly more independent contractor type things then they might get paid half up front and then half Upon delivery right so it's kind of like 50 50 right Um, and then later right then they start moving up this ladder some of them will get paid upfront or as they as they work etc right so the next one is paid first right so think about this if you if you go to a, a doctor right they don't do the surgery and then they get paid They get paid and then they do the surgery right and so if you think about your work like that or your business like that you get paid first right now um this is where like payment plans and things like that like the more someone pays up front and then i would say like in full right that's another kind of mini variable here right are they paying somewhat up front are they paying all up front or whatever um getting paid first is another level of kind of wealth and, and, and kind of control and power, all right? Now, but notice if you're looking at this from the video, we're still got, we still got a little bit of ways to go up here, right? So then above, above this, right? This is kind of like, this is kind of where I see people ending, and then you kind of get into like the business side of it, right? So um, above this, you'd have like banks, right? So what do, what do banks get? So banks have something called a, a capital stack. So this is, uh, what I mean by that is, when you when you buy your house, right, you're actually, the bank's really buying your house and then you're paying the bank back. The bank is a preferred creditor. What that means is if, if you, know, you know, shit hits the fan, they get paid first, and then whatever's left over is yours, right? That's how it works. That's why you repay your mortgage when you sell your house, and then whatever's left over, the scraps go to you, right? banks get paid first, they're preferred creditors. And so when you're thinking about like money in general, look at where the exchange flows, right? Is who's fronting time and then getting paid or who's splitting it up up upfront or who gets paid in full, right? And then if shit goes bad, who's the one who gets paid out first and who's left with the scraps? Now I'd say that there's one, one thing above banks here, which I would say is insurance. This is really interesting. I've learned a lot about insurance over the last year. So, insurance is fascinating. Insurance gets paid far before they ever have to do anything. Think about that. Hey, Moza Nation, quick break just to let you know that we've been starting to post on LinkedIn and want to connect with you. All right, so send me a connection request, and note letting me know that you listen to the show and I will accept it there's anyone you think that we should be connected with, tag them in one of my or Layla's posts, and I will give you all the love in the world. All right, so let's get back to the show. You pay your insurance for 20 years before they have to fulfill what they are due. And they also can not end up having to fulfill anything, and you just get paid, they just get paid for 20 years for truly doing nothing, right? Um, if you really think about how the money flows, like really think about it for a second... Imagine you have a business. Imagine I started signing people up for an insurance business, you know, Alex Hormozzi, you know, insurance. Um, And I just start going around saying, hey, I'll insure your life, hey, I'll insure your life, hey, I'll insure your life, right? And people just start saying, sure, I'll sign up. And they start paying me $1,000 a month, and I've got 100 families, 500 families who start paying me $1,000, $2,000 a month. I'm doing a million dollars a month, and I do that for decades, right? And then, as people, you know, come to term, because of how I wrote the contracts or whatever, this is obviously a shitty way of doing it, but candidly it, it does happen. Um, you know, they might not qualify or they, they can no longer afford the fees because I increase the fees as they become higher and higher risk, right? Of actually me needing to fulfill this stuff. So. The point is, is that if you look at insurance, it's basically the opposite of a depreciating asset. So when you when you depreciate a building, so you buy something and then you depreciate it in your tax. A lot of people see that as a good thing. It's like, oh yeah, well we can depreciate it. That it's only a quote good thing because in your mind because of the tax code, not because it's actually good that things get old and become outdated. Right? Think about it. So insurance is the reverse of that. So instead of putting all your capital up front and then having depreciate something over time, insurance companies get all the money up front and then they get to appreciate the money over time and then pay you off of that, right? And there's a reason that insurance companies, the oldest companies in the world, the oldest ones are 180, 200, 300 years old. And it's because that is a business model that is unreal. They even, I mean, they predate the tax code. They don't even have to pay taxes. So, um, interesting. So when I think about this stuff... um, this was, uh, this was uh, hopefully this is valid to be valuable for you when you think about, um, and you know, actually I'll put, I'll put one level above this, Hold on. The top level. <laughs> I'll say God and franchisors. Um, obviously I'm not saying franchisors are God. It's kind of just being funny, don't get personal. All right, and so the last level above this is that God gets 10% off the top, period, for life. And so that's how you can see the money ladder, right? All the way at the bottom, people front their time, front their effort, front their labor. They delay and then they get paid. They move up to self-employed. They front their time, or they split. You know, they get half now, half later. Um, and as they move up this ladder, they get paid more up front, right? And a lot of that's because of demand, because of how good you are, right? You're a doctor. You get paid first before you do your surgery, right? If you're if you're a professional, you're a great consultant, something like that. You get paid up front, right? Beyond that, you've got banks who, uh, they get paid first and they they leave people the scraps afterwards. So that's when there's a a defined pot of money. Above that, you've got insurance companies who get paid the whole time and then may or may not ever have to fulfill on their their work, right? So there they get money guaranteed, but the work that they have to fulfill on is not guaranteed. Think about that, right? And then above that, you've got God, um, who gets 10% off top line of what you make. So um, I hope this was valuable for you. This is the money ladder as I see wealth, and as I've as I've thought of these things as time has gone on, um, I shifted my views around it. I changed the way we did agreements, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so hopefully you find some value in it. So this is one of the beliefs that changed my life, that um, that made me a lot wealthier, is watching where the money flows, watching where it goes, watching who gets paid when. Keeping awesome. Bye.